you doing? You wanna talk smack? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live, you know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasies, fucks, and politics. Fantasies, fucks, and politics. Fantasies, fucks, and politics. Fantasies, fucks, and Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, it's me, it's Mr. F.S.P. And welcome, and welcome to Fantasy Sports Politics Saturday Edition. Along with me, as always, my co-host, JT ATM Money, who is the backbone of this army, even though he was an officer, so, you know, he really didn't do nothing. But uh, I want to bring him in real quick. And let him talk to the people. What's up, JT? Standard attention and salute. What's up, my man? How you doing? I got a salute for you. Right? I got a salute for you. But <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, good. We've been talking. We've been talking off air along, you know, during the week and whatnot. Sure. About certain things going on in the world of sports. And, you know... It, it, it's a lot. Good and bad. A lot. So good and bad. Good and bad. We're gonna try to cover as much as we can today. Uh, right. Now listen, I know you all have been uh, waiting on it, as this is the final installment of our divisional breakdown, our predictions. Oh no! Oh no! Don't say it's so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, some things is Kool Aid, uh, but yes, yes, the final predictions, which have us covering, um, and I still believe this to be true, the best division in football, and that is the NFC West. Even though I feel as though one team will strongly regress. While others, you know, might step up. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But we're going to talk about the NFC West. We're going to talk about a little bit of UFC fight night if we get to it. And the conversation that's on everybody's mind, everybody's mind, that, that's in the world of sports because one of the biggest uh, names in sports and sports entertainment has been erased completely from the annals of the WWE. And we're talking about Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Not only him, not only the Hulkster has been erased from uh, the mainstream media, but there's another big name person who was working on a big deal with another organization has been friends on the world. Colin Cow JT brought this to my attention. 
he brought it to my attention. Um, so we're definitely going to talk about this. His comments about the intelligence level of um, Puerto Rican, I believe, or Dominican, one or the other. Dominican. Uh, um, Come on, get him, get him right. Get him right. Dominican. Dominican base. Okay, don't jump down my throat, loser. Well, well, it makes a difference. It make, makes a big difference. It does. I know it does. On this episode, Jerry and I will break down NFC West and who will come out of the division as the champion. Can the Seahawks defend their title? How will Jimmy Graham make the Hawks more dangerous? That's a serious question I really need to know. Um, now, here's, an, here's, here's another big question. Part of can the Carson that Carson Palmer isn't healthy. Can the finish above last place in the division? That's an interesting conversation we're going to have as well. Where will the Rams finish? Uh, now they have Nick Foles as their quarterback. No, excuse me. I apologize. And Jerry, don't even say it. Yes, you are keeping me up. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know the deal. Everyone else doesn't, but I know the deal. So don't worry about it. Just keep going, okay. going man. All right. Thank you very much. So, you know, Nick Foles, the one-hit wonder, has a down year with the Eagles and gets traded to the Rams uh, for Sam Bradford, I believe straight-up deal, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe, honestly, and I'm an OU guy. I'm about to graduate uh, with my master's from there. But Sam Bradford is not better than Nick Foles because Sam Bradford can't stay on the field healthy. And in a read option system, so to speak, spread system, he did well in college. But they weren't people flying around in the Big Ten at that time. In or the Big 12 at that time when he was at OU. And yes, he did have DeMarco Murray back at OU. And yes, DeMarco Murray was a good back, but he was not even close to what he was then that he is now. But they're with the Eagles. Can Nick Foles move the Rams and move the needle? Also, have the 49ers hurt themselves by banking on Kyle Kaepernick or has the mass exodus on D changed the whole landscape of the 49ers? Is it Kaepernick or is it D or is it the front office or is it all of the above? We'll discuss that here. Um, the anticipated uh, Bantamweight title uh, rematch between TJ Dillashaw and Hennon Burrell coming up on uh, later on today. Uh, it's free. It's on Fox. So you'll get an opportunity to see my match. Um, the first one was, was pretty boss, and uh, hopefully it'll, it'll happen again. You also will be able to see what Jerry likes to talk about, because I know Misha Tate taking on Jessica Evil Eye, because why? Yeah. Meow. <laughs> you have a problem. You have a problem. Just At any rate, fun, man. Just having some fun. <laughs> I know you do. I know you. I know. 
But the thing is, we're going to uh, have a lot of fun today. I might sound a little somber. That's because I'm a little tired. Last week, I had I had to keep my energy levels down because I didn't want to wake everybody up. But today, woo, I'm not going to be as loud, but I'm going to be a little loud. <laughs> I'm going to be louder. But if you're in this conversation, you can always dial 347-637-3220. Again, that number is 347-637-woo. I am tired. Sorry. 3220. Also, if you want to drop us an email, you can drop us an email at fantasy sports and politics at spot on radios.com. That's spot on radios with the S dot com. We'll uh, get your information. We'll talk to you. We'll kick it with you. It's what we do. It's our business to do it. But I'm interested in seeing what my co-host has put up on this board. So I'm going to just hit it. I have no idea uh, what it means, but I think we can talk, talk a little bit. Show me the money. Makes you feel good to say that. It does. Show me the money. Show me the money. All right, that's enough. Of that. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Colin Kaepernick said that a couple years ago. Colin Kaepernick of the San Francisco 49ers said, show me the money. He played the role of Cuba Gooden Jr. And, you know, the deal is this. They showed him the money. Jim Harbaugh gave him the keys to the car. And he proceeded to wreck that car. Or was it the fact that there was inner turmoil that Deion Sanders and others exposed uh, during their shows that made a difference in how the 49ers played? Now, here's what one in a fighter said. According to uh, the information by Sports Illustrated's Fan Football 2015 edition, this scout's take says Colin Kaepernick is in the same boat as a lot of these quarterbacks. On teams that encourage run that emphasize random, spontaneous play, they eventually level off, as Kaepernick did last year. The 49ers have to decide what they want Kaepernick to be. Do they want him to be an um, inconsistent passer who makes a few spectacular plays? Or do they want to teach the kid how to play quarterback? Those are strong words right there. Now, here's what happened. They went out and got Torrey Smith, who runs just routes. He's a vertical guy, and he runs deeper in routes. And Quan Bowden has been unbelievable in his career. Every year you watch him and you think, how does he get open and catch everything? Because he looks like he has three 
um, pianos on his back. They are counting on Bruce Ellen to provide their pass game with a little in his second season. With Frank Orgon, Carlos Hyde, the feature back. I don't know. Reggie Bush is there, too. He has the skills to become a foundation back. They need Hyde to become Gore. The question becomes, how would they use Reggie Bush? Obviously, he's not going to be the lead back, but Bush will help Kaepernick out. He can dump it down to Bush inside and uh, instead of taking off running. Here's a wild card. Vernon Davis is one of the best mysteries in the league. He didn't get many balls thrown to him last year, only 50 targets. There were times he was open and the quarterback didn't deliver. I don't know what it is, but Davis was not a factor in the past game. He's now over 30. There's a chance he could get cut. They drafted Blake Bell in the fourth round. He's a converted college quarterback who played tight end for just one year. They obviously think he has a high upside. Now, with that being said, JT, and knowing the numbers, because the numbers do matter, 50 targets for Vernon Davis on the entire year. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, erratic all season. No Frank Gore. Carlos Hyde, who last year became the four-back, and if you know what the four-minute back is, ladies and gentlemen, the four-minute back is the closer. He's the closer. The last four minutes of a quarter, the last game, it is his job to run the rock. Carlos Hyde was also the goal line back. Taking Smith. Not a good answer for me. But let's think about this. Thanaquan Bolden were the starting against the Super Bowl just a couple weeks ago. And now they're reunited. Albeit Joe Flacco isn't, you know, the quarterback of the century, but I do believe he's better than Kaepernick. He's more consistent. So you take the formula of bringing the former champions uh, receivers that you lost to to your team. You bring in Reggie Bush, who is a spectacular special teams guy and down back. You say you're going to get your tight end more involved and you draft in the fourth round, which is pretty high for a tight end unless he's like the super, super wonder kid. You know, uh, you bring in all this talent so you can pass the ball, and yet there are questions about your quarterback. JT, break down the San Francisco 49ers for me. Well, new coach, new uh, basically new philosophy, and, and because of what the general manager was looking for, uh, and he lost a lot of pieces on the defense. Um, Houston, I know they're not in Houston, but I'm saying this. Houston, we got a problem. Um, I think they're going to go back to 
basically running the football a lot more than he have in the, in the last few years, especially last year. Uh, even though Colin Kaepernick over the past offseason uh, worked with Kurt, Kurt Warner trying to get his mechanics down and his accuracy uh, um, improved, because of the targets, limited targets, in my opinion, that they have, um, I expect the uh, San Francisco 49ers to p- take a step back. Uh, I don't think their defense, even, um, even though they may have pieces that may replace who they lost, a lot of who they lost are dudes in the locker room and quite nationally skilled players on the field, young and uh, a veteran type. Um, I expect these San Francisco 49ers to be more conservative because uh, they have a defensive-minded coach that took over as a head coach, handpicked by the uh, um, front office, uh, more, in my opinion, of a puppet versus a head coach, even though he's going to wear that moniker as a head coach. And uh, I think they're going to take a step back in this division that is going to be very uh, contested uh, from top to bottom. And uh, when we get to the records, um, you'll see what I'm talking about. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, JT, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, they're going to finish last in the NFC West. You know how you treated my Redskins or have been treating my Redskins? Loss, <laughs> loss, <laughs> loss. That's going to happen in this situation, in my opinion. I think the 49ers, okay. they have a right. brand new stadium, you know, they opened up yeah. last year. It's going to be at half capacity by midseason. And what I mean by half capacity, they've already sold the tickets, but it's going to be half empty come midseason. Um, let's talk a little bit real quick about, you know, some of the that have left the team, Michael Crabtree, Frank Gore. You know, Brandon Lloyd. These were actually people that were big for them last year, even though they kind of really sucked. But you bring in and, you know, Tom Jim Tom Sula is not going to do much with from last year to this year. I don't think so. Blaine Gabbert is your backed up backup quarterback. Carlos Hyde is your number one. Bush is your number two. Kendall Wright, who's a former um, halfback is really like a a fullback right now. Then you got Davis, who they drafted. Um, and then a receiver, Anquan Bolden, your number one. There's nothing wrong with Anquan. Nothing wrong with him at all. He's older. Um, Torrey Smith, who I do not like as much, especially with the neurotic quarterback. And Bruce Ellington from last year. Yeah, and Bruce Ellington from last year who is uh, supposedly a, a top uh, burster, I'm going to call him, and then Quentin Patton. A lot of potential there. And you have, you know, Vernon Davis and then Vance McDonald. Also, running that uh, converted quarterback, Blake Bell. So, with that, JT. Yes, sir. Let's. Go over the schedule. Let's go over the schedule because I'm 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 give you loss, loss, loss <laughs> to this team. Because I'm interested in seeing what you're going to call them. Uh, I'm interested. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, you're interested. Well, 
Um, here we go. Let's let's let's. This is called call it as I see it, in my opinion. And they start the season off on Monday night, ESPN on September 14th against uh, home against Minnesota. Uh, nice challenge uh, with a up and rising supposedly quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Adrian Peterson coming back and wanting to send a message to the league that uh, I'm still the man. They win that. Uh, they go on Lost. the road against Pittsburgh. Well, okay. Well, okay. They go against Pittsburgh. They lose that. <laughs> at, at Arizona, they lose that. They, 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 uh, they go to the home. They have home game against Green Bay. They lose that. Um, at New York, they win that game. Uh, they, Loss. Okay. Wow. 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 Anyway, um, uh, home against Baltimore, they lose that. Home against Seattle, they win. lose that. They don't win against Seattle. Forget it. Colin Kaepernick no, no, no. does no, no. not play. Not, not Seattle. Not Seattle. Baltimore. They 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 win the Baltimore game. Uh, I kind of well see we, three games already at it, home. out of the first six. I don't care about them being at home. It, it doesn't make a difference. They they played bad at bad at home before and against Baltimore. Uh, I think that's going to happen again. Anyway, uh, the next game they play home is against Seattle. They lose that. They go on the road against a team that is getting better, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, St. Louis, they lose that. Uh, come home, they win a game against Atlanta. Go back on the road at, at Seattle, they lose that. So they, they lose both games against uh, Seattle. Uh, come home and win, uh, uh, win a game against Arizona. Go back on the road Loss. for the next two games. Go back on the road, um, uh, uh, on the road again. The next two games against uh, Chicago, they win that. Against Cleveland, Loss. they win that. They go home and they win. Uh, excuse me, they lose against Cincinnati. They go back on the road at Detroit, they lose that, and they come back win. home with, with the last last final game against St. Louis, a division rival, and win that. I give them, and I don't, I don't know if you counted up your wins and losses, but my wins and losses equate to. Seven wins, nine losses. Um, yeah, they're gonna go three and thirteen. Oh, That's no. just gonna happen. No, no. Three no, you, and thirteen. Really? Hey, really? don't even do it. Really? Don't really? even do it. Really? I tell you what. Really? If you, t- if you take my really? listen, if you take my Cleveland bet, I'll take your forty nine er bet because I see where this is going. I see exactly where it's going, but they're going three and thirteen this year. No way, that's no the bottom they're not line. That, they're not that bad a team, but they're not going to have yeah, a they are. record. That's for sure. Are you taking my Cleveland bet, or are you too chicken? Buck, buck, buck. Okay. How's that? <laughs> How's that? How's that? Does that, does that, does that satisfy you? That, it, 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 it's just, it, 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 I mean, uh, I can I can laugh at myself in a heartbeat. So you can call me chicken if you want. I'll be a chicken. Cluck, cluck, cluck. Um, Rooster Cobra right. if you want. I'll be a huckleberry. Uh, there you go. Hello. <laughs> I think that, I think right, well. seven and nine. Then they're going to win uh, uh, more than three games. 
No, they're not. In that schedule, in that schedule, they can win more than three games. No, they're not. That is not happening, dude. I'm telling you, it's 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 they are they being the 49ers are in such disarray. What well, I agree with you. There. We're not going to that they're not going to be able to put together a solid uh, win. Period. You Their know wins the are going to be you wins, but they're not going to be a solid win. You know what? You know what's the shame here? The shame is they they b- built this brand new stadium, and yep. um, rather than the team either stay uh, maintaining the status quo, being a, co- a contending team, uh, or ascending to a better team, they're on a decline <laughs> with a new stadium. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you know what? It's a shame because um, just several years ago, right? Yep. Several years mm-hmm. ago, they were the talk of, you know, the the country and the stinking um, NFL. You know, yep. Jim Harbaugh brought back. He brought back smash mouth football and said, look, I don't care if the NFL is moving to a passing league. You know, I'm going to run the rock and we're going to win. And he did it. But last year they decided not to. And, and you know, whatever happened, happened. But here's what I'm going to tell you. When this guy left, so did a lot of their heart. I want winners. And right now the 49ers don't have a lot of winners. They might have won in the past, but they're not going to win right now. No. They're not going to win right now. Nope. And that's why I have them at 3 and 16, picking number one or number two overall in the NFL draft next season. That's right. They're going to be picking two overall. And guess what? They're getting a quarterback. Mark my words. Even though, yes, they they tied up Colin Kaepernick. They did. And it's a lot of money. But I guarantee you there's going to be a reckoning a coming. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to our next team. Only because there's something fishy, fishy, fishy going on in the state of St. Louis. St. Louis does not know if they're going to have they have, they have no idea if they're going to have a team in the next couple of seasons. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me explain it to you just a little bit. The owner of the St. Louis Rams has invested heavily in a plot of land, Cisco. I mean, Cisco in California, Southern California, to be exact. Yep. And the plan is to have the Chargers and whatever team that moves to a stadium, a new stadium. So here's what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. Players know it. The organization knows it, but refuses to talk about it. But the St. Louis Rams are going to be called something else 
in a couple of years when they expand. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars will be moved to London. This is my prediction. I don't know if it's true yeah. or not, but this is my prediction. Dude, I'm telling what team has gone to London in the past three years? Jacksonville. They are trying, the NFL is they, that's what I'm talking about, are trying to brand London as Jacksonville's hometown, even though they might not be the quote-unquote home team when they play these games, but they're trying to bleed Jacksonville's Jaguars into the British culture so that when they do this, and when I say this, when they bring over the Jaguars, it won't be a, a foreign team. They'll know the players. They'll do all this wonderful stuff, and then it's go. You know, I'm, I'm just telling you what I feel and what I see. Let's get ready and talk about the St. Louis Rams. So I got to play a little lemonade. And by the way, I'm going to tell a young man that was a uh, Cowboy fan. I was tagged in a, in, a, in a post about my You're invited to call in. Donald Sparks, Sergeant Major type, you can call in too, you cowboy. There's the only way I can yell at you and not get in trouble for it. <laughs> All right, here we go. St. Louis Rams, according to a scout's take, Sports Illustrated's 2015 fantasy focus. The Rams told you with their draft, what they want to be. They want to run the ball. They drafted offensive linemen who can uh, run block. The passing game will work off their run game. Nick Foles is going to be a completely different quarterback than he was in Philadelphia. Foles is not going to throw a lot of balls. Fantasy tip. He's not throwing a lot of balls, guys. They are going to pound defenses with two really good backs in Trey Mason, last year's standout, and their first-round pick, Todd Gurley. Now, Todd has some knee issues, so we'll see what happens there. But Mason looked really good last year, and he got stronger as the season went on. He could be a foundation back, but the way they want to play, they couldn't pass on Gurley. Because Gurley's coming off the ACL injury, I don't think they want to give him the ball 300 times in this year. My guess is, assuming Gurley's healthy, he and Mason will each get the ball 150, 170 times. They haven't been able to make it work with Tavon Austin, which is a crying shame because that kid has talent, in my opinion, because they have had good quarterback play. Now they're going to change their offense, and he still won't have big numbers, but he should have an impact. They actually have a deep receiving core with Kenny Britt, Stedman Bailey, and Brian Quick. They just don't have a stud. I think Bailey in this offense could be a really good receiver. He's a very good intermediate route runner. And when you work off of the play action pass, you get a lot of intermediate throws. But nobody on this team is catching 90 balls. Jared Cook, who had issues with uh, the quarterback last year, bumping him on the sideline, pulling the Jerry Taylor, thinking he all that, and then some tall, dark, and he ain't handsome. But Jared Cook has been on an enigma. Athletically, he's a top five tight end. But for whatever reason, he has never been able to reach the next level. Maybe he's 
quarterback. Say again. Shaky hands. That's true. That's true. But maybe a new quarterback will help him reach his goals. Now, I don't know if you remember what I was talking about, JT, when I said uh, Jerry Cook bumped the quarterback on the sideline. I can't remember the quarterback. But the St. Louis Rams. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I thought it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible that uh, he did that and it was caught on national TV. So it couldn't be misconstrued as a accident. He actually intentionally, you know, like high school or whatever, when you want to pick a fight, if you want to like intimidate somebody, you nudge them with your shoulder. That's what he did. Talk to me about the St. Louis Rams, JT, and Todd Gurley going number five overall. Well, Todd Gurley's probably going to end up on the uh, some type of uh, pup list to start the season. Pup? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to be ready to run the rock. So Trey Mason may be able, may be the man uh, until uh, Todd Gurley gets incorporated into the offense. Got a new quarterback, uh, a little bit more accurate, uh, and uh, <clears throat> should it should benefit the uh, wide receiving core, and that includes Jared Cook. Uh, Nick Foles throws a, a different ball, uh, a softer ball that's easier to catch, and he's a little bit more accurate than uh, well, he's, he's more accurate than the the uh, quarterbacks that they've had. Um, outside of Sam Bradford, who hasn't stayed healthy. This team has a, one of the best defenses, especially the pass rush in the NFL. Their offense needs to catch up to where the defense is right now. Um, it's going to take some time. Uh, Jeff Fisher is a one-back type of guy that likes to run the rock and, and uh, play sound defense. Typical defensive-minded coach, uh, defensive uh, uh, defensive coach, I should say. So, uh, they're due to improve from last year as long as the quarterback position is consistent and the offensive line, which has been an issue with the uh, St. Louis Rams, uh, gets fixed. Uh, and Brian. Um, Schottenheimer is not the offensive coordinator, which is a godsend. Um, he, in my opinion, he held that Whoa. offense. He he held that offense back something horribly, and, and was not no. the best. Well. Was not the was not the best play caller uh, for that offense and for the personnel that they had. I don't like, and I've never liked Tavon Austin. All he has is speed. Doesn't run. What? Doesn't run. Doesn't run routes uh, well, um, and he's not the brightest um, light in the. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> in, in, he's not the brightest light in the room. I'm not just saying that. That's been documented. Uh, if you wa- if you've listened or, or read on the online uh, comments about Tavon Austin, you know that it took a while if he uh, to pick up the offense. And uh, uh, he doesn't run uh, um, precise routes. And uh, the, his, his calling card is his speed. And just because you have speed doesn't mean that you're going to be an effective wide receiver 
Um, because you have to have a lot of other tools mentally to be able to go wide receiver. The best of those two West Virginia wide receivers is Stedman Bailey. He runs better routes, has better hands. He doesn't have Tavon Austin's speed, but he does. He makes up for it in other uh, phases of a, of a uh, wide receiver. I like uh, the Rams to um, have a better record, but there's still a work in progress because of the limitations of some of the pieces on offense. Okay. Now, listen, I, I agree with you on Stedman Bailey being the ball receiver, but Tavon Austin is, and you have him. Uh, Pettis is gone, but Kenny Smith, I mean, not Kenny Smith, uh, Kenny, um, oh my God, Kenny Britt. He's a very talented receiver who also had some troubles. Uh, not only uh, physical, but he was somebody that got in trouble a lot. Uh, but he's calmed down, become a mature uh, wide receiver. Bailey is going to be the boss. I, I agree with this this uh, critic or this coach's analysis on Bailey being probably the guy, especially since they're going to work off play-action pass. And Tavon will get his deep balls thrown his way because now he has a quarterback that will look for him deep as well as – um, in in the special teams arena, the kid has jets. You know, um, I really think St. Louis is going to turn on this season. Will they be a dominant team? No, but I think they're going to be. They're going to double the San Francisco gets. They're well, going to double it. Let me ask you something, Victor. Sure, I, and I'm ahead. pretty sure you you've heard of the wide receiver Percy Harvin, right? Here we go. We know. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's well documented that JT does not like Percy Harvin, nor his work ethic, nor his work. He thinks that Percy Harvin is a bust. I don't personally think he's a bust. I just think he has been used somewhat incorrectly. Um, Uh, Well, mainly because he can't get on the field. I said mainly because he can't get on the field Can't get on the field. But how many teams? Yeah, I know. Percy Harvin. How many teams has he been with and how many different ways have they used him? And he has not um, excelled on a consistent basis. Tavon Austin looks like the same guy just in a different uniform. Ton of speed, ton of ability, but mentally between the ears, it's a different story. And that's the problem. Percy Harvin... Tavon Austin mm. seem like the seem like the same same guys to me. They seem like the same One guys. A lot of lot of hype, a lot of uh, 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 potential, and potential will get coaches fired. I got you. I understand. Well, let's fire it up and get to the these predictions. Um, they've always been a strong defensive team under Jeff Fisher. Always. And if you give these guys, I say if you give St. Louis 17 points, they're going to be in every game, if not win it, because they, they play ugly games. But uh, let's go down this list. Your wins, AT. All right. You know what? I had originally, they were open up at home against Seattle, and they always give Seattle fits. I had originally given them a loss. You know what? I'm going to give them a win against Seattle uh, right off the bat. Opening uh, week, first, what? Well, opening week, and they're at home, 
and they always give Seattle fits and Russell Wilson fits. So I'm going to give them pumped up, wanting something to prove, especially to the first division rival they play. I'm going to give them a win. They get on the road at Washington. You know what's happening. They're going to, they're going to win that. They're going to win against Washington. Washington is no, not going not. to be able to deal with not Washington's not going to be able to deal with their defense. Um, Whatever. They're, they're back back home against Pittsburgh. I'm going to give them the loss. Um, uh, next two road games, one at Arizona, which I'm going to give them the loss. The next one at, at Green Bay, which is another loss before they go to their bye week, which is bye week six or early in the season. Eh, it's about in the middle. Not, not quite, yeah, but it's bye week six. It's not that bad. It could have been better if it was week eight, week nine, but it is what it is. Uh, they they come off the bye week. And this is where they hit their stride. They 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 go off the bye week and they play two two home games, uh, one against Cleveland, which they win. The other one against San Francisco, they win that. They go on the road against mm-hmm. uh, uh, Minnesota, they win that. They uh, come home okay. and play. Uh, they play Chicago, they win that. Um, then they go on the road the next two okay. games against the AFC North. First one being Baltimore, they lose that. The second one being against Cincinnati, they also lose that before they come home and play a nah. division rival in the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, oh, excuse me. They lose against Baltimore. They lose against Cincinnati. Did I say win? I, I meant to say loss and loss. Anyway, they come okay. home against Arizona, and they uh, win the game against Arizona. Now, this one, they, it's a home game in the turf. Um, they played Detroit. I'm still up in the air against this, but I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt since they're playing uh, uh, Detroit that they're going to lose this. It's probably going to be a close game. Um, they go they, uh, another home game against Tampa Bay. They win that. They uh, uh, go on the road at Seattle. They lose that and close out uh, losing on the road against uh, San Francisco, which brings them to an 8-8 eight and eight, um, uh, uh, record which was one above San Francisco, in my opinion. I'll say this. Seven and nine, eight and eight, that sounds about right. I'm not going to fight that. Disagree on some of the the wins and losses. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said, I think they're going to be more than double what uh, San Francisco is going to do. They're going to sweep San Francisco, in my opinion. Um, If you notice the past couple years, each one of those games with San Francisco has been – well, because it's been very, very close. It's either been a tie, right. or it's right. been, you know, a, a, a it's been something. And and the thing about it is, you've got a very, very up and coming team going against a team that's in disarray. So they're going to sweep them, in my opinion. San Fran has nothing coming. I agree with you on that that uh, win streak that that you had. It's going to seem like they're the new thing since sliced bread because of who they play and right. when they play them. Coming off a of bye week versus Cleveland, San Francisco, that game against Minnesota is going to be a little bit of a shocker. Um, I think they're going to beat Chicago. I think they're going to uh, – I think they'll sp- – here's one of the games I disagree with you with. It's uh, San Fran – excuse me, it's uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati. I think games that uh, you're going to get uh, – I think you need to flip flop because I think uh, they'll lose to Cincinnati, but be more. Um, I don't like Justin Forsett as the main back in Baltimore. Um, oh, and, but by that time, he might not. 
he might not be the main back at that time. So I'm not going to, you know, sweat the technique there. But again, um, I don't think they're going to open up with a win against Seattle. Uh, but Jimmy Graham has had problems against uh, St. Louis in the past. He has. Yes, he and, has. Yes, he has. And, you know, I can see that being an issue, especially uh, going against a team that can stop the run. And beast mode hasn't been that great either. Uh, but Seattle's defense is going to give Nick Foles some issues. But we'll see how that works out. At any rate, the Sam, uh, the St. Louis Rams, uh, who I think will finish uh, third in the NFC West. Now, I normally want to take a break at this point. Okay. But because I'm not going to take a break, I said normally. I want to take a break during this point. How, okay. However, what I'm going to do is we're going to get to the Arizona Cardinals, who I honestly. We're we going to get to that too. We're going to get to that too. <laughs> I'm going to get to the Arizona Cardinals because. because I honestly have some questions, and maybe you can answer them for me, JT. Now, listen. Sure, no problem. Last year, last year, ladies and gentlemen, under Todd Bowles' tutelage on defense, Bruce Aarons on offense, Carson Palmer at quarterback, the Arizona Cardinals were extremely good. I would say one of the best teams in the NFL. Carson gets hurt. They still make the playoffs. They but they, the they lose a game. Yes, yes, yes. And they lose a game. They lose a game that they should have beat and should have won against Carolina because it was such a sloppy game. So my question becomes, if Carson Palmer isn't healthy, Will the Arizona Cardinals finish last? And if he is healthy, can they be number one in their division? For that, I got to consult somebody just as cool and as smooth as Bruce Arians. And that's the one and only Marvin Gaye. Because he's saying, let's get it on. Here we go. Scouts take Sports Illustrated 2015 fantasy football. Carson Palmer has been a quarterback for Arizona than he has been given the credit for. He's 13 and 2 in his last 15 starts, which people probably don't realize. Jerry has because he's been touting his praises. But his health is a question, as usual. They've continued to build up on the O line, drafting DJ Humphreys in the first and signing Mike Ipati, which is a very smart move. It's critical for them to do that because Coach Bruce Aarons wants to throw the ball. They make the interesting draft choice of running back David Johnson from Northern Iowa in the third round. He's really a receiver more than a runner. Two years ago, as a Andre Elton often um, lined up as a wide receiver. You might see them go four wide receiver sets with Johnson in the backfield and Elton split out wide. Aaron's loves to spread it out. Larry Fitzgerald in pass is past the point where he's catching 100 balls for 1,400 yards, but he's still a consistent short 
intermediate short to intermediate guy. He would have been more productive last year if Palmer hadn't been hurt. And trust me, I believe that that is so true. All guys look a lot better with a good quarterback. Theoretically, Floyd now the number one receiver. He had a really good 2013 season, and last year his numbers were down, but he still averaged plenty of yards per catch and had the most touchdowns in his career. He'll have a good year. He's very talented. You hear that he's not a hard worker, but he has a lot of talent. Tight end is the one position on this team that is questionable. They drafted Gerald Christensen with the last pick in the draft. He actually has some ability. It wouldn't surprise me if he got some uh, snaps. But from a fantasy standpoint, they don't really have a viable tight end on the roster. Now, they let go of a guy who I felt was going to be Gronkowski version 2. And that was... um, Oh my God, I can't remember his name right now. The tight end. Ah, you know who I'm talking about, JT. Uh, Hauser. Rob Hausler. Rob Hausler. I, I, I love that guy. But they got Daniel Fells to replace him, which is interesting to me. But just like Marvin Gaye saying, let's get it on, baby, Bruce Aarons is saying the same thing. Let's get it on. So, JT, talk to me. How well, do the Arizona Cardinals win with Carson and without Carson, or can they win quite, without him? Quite naturally, you saw what the what how bad they were with uh, with the carousel quarterbacks that wasn't included. Uh, Carson Palmer in it. Carson Palmer has to stay healthy. Um, the whole team knows that. For them to go, Carson Palmer has to be healthy. Um, and Carson Palmer uh, worked very, uh, uh, I wouldn't say exclusively, but he did a lot of work with John Brown, the second-year guy, last year rookie, um, and uh, that's your show on the field. Um, Carson Palmer does like his experienced wide receivers, and Guy Fitzgerald excelled the best. Uh, performed the best and put up the best numbers when Carson Palmer was the uh, uh, quarterback. Um, I, I said this before, and I keep on saying it again. Carson Palmer, excuse me, Carson Palmer is one of the best deep ball um, quarterbacks um, in, the, in, in the NFL, without a, without a doubt. And uh, um, Bruce Arians' offense likes to push the ball down the field. And with the defense well, that's still... Go ahead. I'm, go ahead. You interrupted me, but go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt the older people. I have to respect my elders. <laughs> okay. So what I'm saying is this, and I'll try to make it as quick, quick as possible, that with, with the Carson Palmer, they have a strong shot to compete in the division. I don't think they're going to win it, but I think they have a strong shot to compete in the division and to, to uh, uh, get in, into the playoffs again. Um, I don't think their record is going to be as, as good as it was last year, um, but I think they, they'll be able to get into the playoffs. Uh, I think that uh, – and, and, and I think Carson Palmer is a, 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 a gem to pick up in the re- very late rounds in fantasy football. Um 
Um, and a lot of people think Carson Palmer is an afterthought. I don't. I never have. When a guy's on the field and he has the weapons to, to throw to, which he has, uh, he can give you double-digit numbers consistently week in and week out. We're talking about Bruce Arians, who coached Andrew Luck, who coached in uh, um, um, uh, Ben Roethlisberger before he moved on to um, uh, um, Indianapolis, and then now he's a head coach in, in St. Louis. So he knows a little bit about coaching a quarterback. Um, Arizona. And, Arizona. He's a head coach in Arizona. I'm sorry, Arizona. So he knows a little bit about coaching quarterbacks and being able to generate points on offense, especially in the, in the passing game. I like this team a lot. Um, I think as long as Carson Palmer is healthy, and that's the key. That's the key. It was evident last year. It's going to be evident this year. He has to stay healthy for the Saint, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals to be relevant uh, in the uh, chase for NFL, uh, the NFC playoffs. Um, you'll see what in my record what what I think uh, of the Cardinals. I think they're they're definitely going to be a decent team, uh, but the key is Carson Palmer. I I can agree with you on that. That's why I asked the question. You know. I actually think they'll have a good chance of winning the division. I don't know. I think they're going to have a close enough record uh, to, of course, Seattle. Um, but it's going to be tough depending on Carson Palmer's health. The signing of Epati, the drafting of DJ, you know, it shows that's been a weak point for Arizona for a while. The offensive line, they haven't been able to put it back rock consistently. Epati's a, a mauler. That tells me they're going to run on that side. Um, and you, you draft a uh, running back, so you draft a Reggie Bush type you know, as your, as your what, um, what is he, third round pick? If I'm not mistaken? You uh, yeah, third round Johnson? pick. Third round pick. Yeah. Yeah. In the third round. So that tells me you plan to use this guy if he pans out. You know, we'll see what happens with it. Um, Real quickly, let's go over your records that you feel that the Arizona Cardinals will have. But something a little different. Okay. I want you to give us your. I want you to give us your with Carson record. And then after you're done, give us your without Carson record. So with wins and losses, yes, with the wins and losses, and let's say Carson doesn't back in time for the season or he gets hurt early on in the season, how they finish. You know what? I can't do that, Victor. I can't do that. You know, the reason why I can't do that is right now Carson is healthy, right? And and I got to predict it like like he's going to be healthy. I have no idea. Uh, when and if he goes down during the season. So that hypothetical, I can't do that because um, he could go down in the first game, he could go down in the last game. So, you know, that hypothetical. He, it, might, it, not, it, it, he might not make the it, first game. He might not. Well, I'm telling you right now, uh, you have, uh, I don't know what you've been reading uh, or, or, or uh, um, what kind of info you've been getting, but Carson Palmer 
it's going to be the um, first game starter for the Arizona Cardinals. And by the way, if you didn't know that the they signed a one year contract with Jermaine Gresham to, to at the tight end. Just did not know that. Very very good. Yes. So I'm just letting you know they they, they signed a I think it was yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. They signed a one-year contract with Jermaine Gresham. So uh, he is a Arizona Cardinal. Run. Now, not to say that he's going to be used a lot because in the Arizona offense, uh, especially in Arizona, not, not necessarily in, in uh, Indianapolis or um, um, uh, Pittsburgh when Arians was, was in both, um, uh, both places, the uh, tight end was used. But in, in Arizona – uh, I don't know if it's because of um, uh, the uh, skill level of the tight end or he just decided not to use it um, in Arizona, but the Arizona uh, tight end wasn't used that often in uh, in the offense, and mainly with the uh, running backs and the uh, wide receivers. So we'll see what happens. Jermaine Gresham's there. I don't know if they go more for blocking or, or, or what, but uh, – He's there, and he is a viable choice. He's not a top choice, but he's a viable choice to be included in the passing game. So let's get to the win and loss records of when Carson Palmer is there and not necessarily when he's not there because I can't predict when he won't be there. Um, so I'll, I'll predict when, when he starts day one, uh, first game, and then we go from there. Uh, they play at home against New Orleans starting off on Sunday afternoon in September. Uh, they take they take a win there. At Chicago, they win that. Home against San Francisco and St. Louis, they win both those games. Uh, they go on the road at Detroit, they lose that. They go on the road again at Pittsburgh, they lose that game. They come home against uh, Baltimore, they win that. They go on the road against Cleveland, they win that. They, they stay on the road, and they play um, the um, – Cincinnati Bengals, and they win that. Um, they come home, they lose at San Francisco. I mean, they go on the road at San Francisco, uh, at St. Louis. They lose both those games. Home game, home game against Minnesota. They win that at Philly. Uh, East Coast cold game. They lose that game, and the last game they play, which is. Uh, um, uh, not the last game, but they, they go come home and play a game against uh, Green Bay, which they lose. And then they go on the, uh, they play another home game against Seattle, and they win that last game, which gives them a record, a grand total of nine and seven, which would put them. Um, uh, okay. I have them at nine and seven. You, Ganja. Um, Okay, here's what I'm going to tell you. I yep. think they're going to lose the last two games of the season. I think they're going to lose okay. the last two games of the season. However, they're going to be a double-digit win team this year. Anywhere from 10 and 6. 11 and 5, 10 and 6 is, is what I have them at. Well, have if Carson seven, so stays healthy. Yeah. And I think but, he will. But that's what I'm saying, JT. Uh, that's a big question mark. Big question, especially coming off an injury, and the on this team has been the offensive line. Even though they went out and got, that doesn't mean that they're going to pan out. 
Um, hmm. Okay, yeah, nine and seven, ten and six, but eleven and five, I think is probably more probable. Um, and they lose those last two games because I think that they're going to, um, they're going for the division, and it's going to come down. They're going to lose to Green Bay, which sh- uh, sets up a showdown for the division versus Seattle, and I believe Seattle wins that game. But at the same time, uh, I, I, I just think I they're think going that, I think to. That, uh, I think that, I think the divisions will be decided before them. Oh wow! You must have yep. Seattle going undefeated. We're about to get to them in a minute, but nope. uh, I, I, I really, really, really. Well, you can't have them going undefeated because you said that they're going to lose the first game of the season. So that that would be bad. Change your mind then. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. Don't underestimate Arizona. Nine and seven is too. Is an underestimation. Um, I know one game make a big difference, but double digits versus single digit wins go a long way to show improvement. It really does. But with that being said, about the Kings of the Castle, I believe, and this is just Mr. FS guys. Battle finds a way to incorporate the talent of Jimmy Wham Bam. Thank you, ma'am. They will be playing. What song, JT? You tell me. Listening. Game of Thrones. Thrones. By the way, I went to go see with the kids and the wife on Friday, and it was funny. Pixels, the movie with Adam Sandler, and he was funny in that too. Yes, he is. They actually have a um, Martha Stewart and Serena Williams do something together okay and serena okay. Lo- serena looks bad my my youngest son saw her uh in this dress he was like oh that's how bad <laughs> she looked boy <laughs> how old are your youngest son nine man but but yeah, okay. the thing and i know <laughs> i'm playing game of thrones and whatnot and i'm talking about seattle but uh we've had this talk with him he knows He's a brick, and we've we've come to the understanding that that's what he likes. That's my son. We like them thick, nice women that are athletic, not looking like a man, like some people like to say, but got the juices in all the right places. And it happens to be Jeremiah, your namesake. My man, Jerry. Anyway, my man, Jerry. Of course, of course, has to be your man, Jerry. Here we go. Man, Seattle Seahawks. Bunch of knowledge. Bunch of knowledge. <laughs> okay. Russell Wilson can't be a guy who 
back 600 times. He'll never be that guy. So they play offense a certain way, which ties in beautifully with their defense. He's not going to be a huge production guy in terms of attempts, yards, and touchdowns, but he's not going to make a lot of turnovers either. He aim efficiency. But the addition of Jimmy Graham gives them an awful lot of help. He will be a big factor. They will start throwing more short passes to Graham and open up the offense a bit. They aren't going to have Wilson scanning and driving it down the field. That's not what they do. But they don't trade for Jimmy Graham to line him up as a blocker. Plus, they'll play two tight ends at times because Luke Wilson uh, is a pretty good receiver too. They have options. I like the pick of Tyler Lockett in the third round. He's both quick and kind of fast. Most guys aren't both. And Doug Baldwin had 66 catches last year. If he was, uh, if he were on a team that threw it a lot, he might catch 85 balls. The only issue is Baldwin is really a slot guy. In the NFL, Lockett is going to have to be mostly a slot guy too. It's going to be interesting to see line up their wide receivers. Jermaine Curse makes a few plays every year, but overall, he's just a guy that's on a really good team. Uh, and not to mention the young guy that showed out in the Super Bowl, Mr. Matthews, but uh, whatever. Uh, there will be no major changes in Seattle's philosophy. The team runs through who? Marshawn Lynch. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, guys. They showed their commitment to him with the two-year extension he signed in the offseason. With the addition of Graham take away from Lynch's touchdown total, there's no way to know, but it's doubtful. With that being said, JT, this is the last team of our NFL team breakdown. The last team we're going to cover in the NFC West. Yep. And the last team to go back to back to the Super Bowl. Can they yep. make it a third trip? It's a strong possibility. They have a winning formula that seems to um, transition from year to year. Uh, they were pretty fortunate last year. Uh, some breaks that came came their way to get them to the uh, um, uh Super Bowl. I don't know if uh, it can happen again, but the pieces are in place, uh, and also with an improvement, uh, uh, with a addition on the offense of Jimmy Graham, that uh, the running game, the defense won't skip a beat, and uh, put him in put will put him in well in position to possibly get the a first round buy to get the number one seed to get them home field advantage with the uh, uh, thought and hope of them getting uh, another trip back to the Super Bowl to redeem themselves to what happened last year. So you think they're going to win the NFC West and go to the Super Bowl? Well, let me put it this way. I think uh, it's, it's a they're very strong uh, favorite to win the NFC West and quite naturally a very strong contender and one of the favorites to win the NFC, period. 
And if they win the Gwinnett, so if they, they and, and like I said, to get a, to get the number one seed, I, I I believe the key for Seattle to get back to the Super Bowl is to get the number one seed and home field advantage. That's the key. If they don't, then it's going to be a tougher road. Not that they can't do it because they did it the first year of Russell Wilson, but I think as te- other teams get better in the NFC, second year, second year. No, the first year he didn't go to the Super Russell, Bowl as a rookie. He didn't go. He didn't go to the Super yes, Bowl did. as a rookie. Yes, he did. No, they did. Yes, he did. Didn't. No, they didn't. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. The second they year, lost. Yeah, you're right. This is the the, sec, the the fourth year Russell Wilson. This is a contract year. I stand corrected, but yes. I think they can get back. To He's the not Super the master, Bowl. ladies and gentlemen. Well, I just was. I just misspoke. I'm, I'm sorry. I just misspoke. Um, uh, and uh, I, but I do believe that they they have the formula to get back there and, and the team, uh, which hasn't been broken up due to uh, salary situations, uh, like a lot of other teams, that they have the pieces in place and, and and the situation to put them back in there. But I said the key for them is to get home field advantage. I think because the other teams, because you ruined my train of thought before, I think the other teams have gotten progressively better um, and it's going to be a tougher road for the Seattle Seahawks unless they're the number one seed with a home field advantage. They, they really need that now um, with the emerging of other teams in the NFC to be able to uh, maybe have a a chance to make a three-peat back to the Super Bowl. Well, I'll tell you this, JT. Next year is going to be a different story. Why? Because they're going to have to pay Russell. Mm -hmm. And that upheaval that you just mentioned, it's going to happen. Bruce already is not going to get paid. He wants to get paid. Um, Mm -hmm. He will probably won't be on the team next year. Uh, Bennett. He wants more money. He probably won't next year. Even though he's a good player, he's also good for several offsides uh, that can cost his team uh, during the year. Um, This is locked up. Cam Chance is locked up. Richard Sherman's locked up. Uh, But then you got to look at the linebackers. The linebackers are probably the bread and butter of of, uh, that defense besides uh, the defensive linemen. I know the secondary is known for being, you know, the the pit squad or whatever they're called, but Legion the of linebackers, boom. yeah, Legion of Boom, but the linebackers play a big role in that. And Bobby Wagner, along with uh, the rest of those cats, they're going to want to be paid next year. And that offensive line is going to want to get paid next year. Jimmy Graham is going to want to get paid next year. So we'll see what happens with that. But real quick, let's go over these records uh, that you have for uh, your supposed Super Bowl uh, contenders from the NFC. Okay. Uh, the first loss out of the gate at St. Louis, they lose that. They lose the first two games, Disagree. in my opinion. Believe it or not. What? They, lose St. they lose against St. Louis. They lose against Green Bay. Both of them on the road. They win against Chicago at home, against Detroit at home. Uh, at Cincinnati, uh, home against Carolina, and at uh, 
San Francisco. They win five games in a row. Then they go to Dallas and lose against Dallas because Dallas always gives them fits. Um, uh, they come back home again against Arizona, and they win that. They also win at home against San Francisco. They win at home against Pittsburgh. They go back on the road at Minnesota, which they win, at Baltimore, which they win. They come back home against Cleveland. They win that. Uh, the next game is against St. Louis. They win that. And then the last game at Arizona, they lose that, which gives them a record of 12-4. and four. I can disagree with your wins and losses, but 12 and 4 sounds about right. Maybe 13 and 3. Um, but I think they have a fairly uh, even schedule. I mean, it's not too hard, it's not too easy. Um, and that well for them, especially given the way they play the game. Um, and you add Jimmy Graham to that, it's like the rich getting richer and home field advantage, even richer, you know, so we'll see what happens. Um, so you have top four, two out of the uh, NFC and two out of the AFC. Who are the top four? And who are the two that are going to go to the Super Bowl? Okay. Uh, in the NFC, I have the Seattle Seahawks, Green Bay Packers. In the AFC, Agreed. I have a surprise team here. I have the um, Indianapolis Colts, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh being the surprise. Yes. Um, what I, I'm not going to say that I disagree with you, but I'm worried about their secondary. Pittsburgh just re-upped Mike uh, Tomlin. Yep, and Pittsburgh is known for for keeping because they find good ones and they keep them, um, yep. and that might be a, they have the confidence in what he's doing and what's there. You know, if they can fix their secondary, Pittsburgh will be a contender. I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly about Indianapolis. Um, they've been making progress every year, making one step closer every year. I think they go to the Super Bowl here. And I think they face off against, um, as you said, either Green Bay or Seattle. That's going to be a heck of a game between those two. It was last mm -hmm. year. It'll be again this year. Um, mm -hmm. But the Colts versus either one. The Colts versus Green Bay makes for great offense. The Colts versus uh, Seattle makes for good TV because it's Prolific offense versus uh, extremely great defense. So you know that that I think you're onto something there, and I'm glad you didn't say the pack uh, the uh, the Patriots, but nope. I thought you might say the Colts and the Broncos. Nope. Uh, okay, all right. Too you easy, know, my you brother. Know, Too easy. You know, you know how I have a soft heart for the Pittsburgh Steelers, not because I like the team, but I like what they are doing. Um, uh, and people downplayed it and didn't think. Uh, I, in, in, and the person I'm talking to on the other side didn't think too much of what I was talking about with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't say but, that. Uh, I didn't say. Yes, that. you did. Yes, you did. You you questioned. You questioned. What? 
my thinking uh, on on the Pittsburgh Steelers and all three of the um, players I told you about balled out. We're, we're, well, we're you know top, what? We're, we're in the we, top five. We're in the top five in each, each of their positions. Well, when you say Bruce Arians is the coach of the Rams, it's kind of hard to take you seriously. I'm well, just joking. You know, come on. I'm joking, bro. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but, but, but – no, no, no. Listen, 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 listen. Seriously, I, I had heeded your information mm-hmm. and I took it into consideration. And you I had Ben Roethlisberger on a lot of my teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get Antonio Brown on a lot, but I had him on maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. And Le'Veon Bell was somebody I saw having an extremely good year. You know, so with that being said, I understand your, your mindset on the offensive side. Ball. Again, no Dick LeBeau, a new secondary. I can't say Pittsburgh is going to be in that championship game, but stranger things have happened. They're going to surprise stranger you. Stranger things have happened. They're going to surprise you. They they're might. Going be, they're going to be younger and quicker. Uh, they're going to replace guys that um, they really didn't want to get rid of, uh, were loyal to, especially when LeBeau there. Um, with guys that are younger and quicker, maybe a little bit more experienced. But I think that defense is going to be um, uh, a lot better later in the season than they are in the beginning of the season when they gain experience and playing with each other. So um, I, I got to believe that uh, they got a hell of an offense. They need a defense to go along with it, and I think they're, they're on the right track. Okay. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude our NFL uh, wrap-up. I mean, predictions every year, and we go into the month of August. Jerry has already started talking about his his uh, uh, positional players. I will begin talking about the IDPs, the Hall of Fame, and preseason games in the month of August. Um, so, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss Colin Cowherd and Hulk Hogan. Sick and with me, it's your boy FSP, along with JTATM Money. This is Fantasy Sports and Politics Saturday Edition. Looking for fantasy sports advice? How about informative conversation? Look no further as the master plan features two men that can help in both areas. Jerry, the master tailor, and Lance, the NFL. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting that there. Well, let's hit this one. Well, I'm not going to play anymore. Just know that the master plan airs Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. JT, with all of his greatness, might even have the reverend stop back in when he gets a chance. Or ever, I might drop in. We're going to see uh, great information and motivation every Sunday at 10 a.m. Absolutely. Yes. And and, and this Sunday, for those who are listening, this Sunday I am talking about running backs and fantasy. My favorite position in fantasy, uh, I'm talking about running backs, and I got some uh, guys that I really like that I think – are going to turn this, turn into some stars down the road, maybe even this season. Well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, um, 
you can shoot your your thoughts on your top 25 running backs or whatever you want to master. That would be JT. If you mm-hmm. send him an email, the email is master planned and cruise show at spotios.com. And that's master plan and cruise show at spotonradios.com. Always go to spotonradios.com to content. Uh, we're posting as our 24 7 365 streaming. You can go to the fantasy foxhole where you will see JT's top 25 quarterbacks, top five receivers, and top 20 tops. Uh, after the show this Sunday, to uh, post those running backs. So you got to listen to the show first before you get that other information. All right. That being said, let's transition to a real serious subject that a lot mm-hmm. of folks are taking umbrage with. And uh, it's going to be our last segment. We have about <laughs> eight minutes left of the show. So um, we might go slightly, but not by very much. Um, Hulk Hogan, Terry Bolia, um has been released and erased from the WWE. Say they've taken down everything that relates to Hulk Hogan, including, I guess, booting him out of the Hall of Fame. Here's the problem with that. Without Hulk Hogan, you have no WWE, no WWF. So to remove him and his likenesses, that means you have to erase a lot of others' successes which is horrible. Now, what did Terry say that was so awful that they did this while well, he was on a show, a podcast very similar to this one, and he was discussing um, a leaked sex tape that he had allegedly made when the subject matter of race came up. And he talked about how Booker T dropped the in on live uh, when he was talking about coming after him in a match when he were in WCW. That transitioned to how he said, and these are his words, not mine, you know, uh, he used to say the N-word all the time, but now he's, you know, feeling cool to do it because he's in the studio with uh, the game, uh, Lil Wayne and other folks, and they just dropping the M-bomb left and right. And he started saying it, and then he's like, oh, no, no, you can't do that. And he was like, why can't you? Why can't I do it? Y'all do it all the time, da-da-da-da-da. And could have been left there, but then the topic went to his daughter. And it went on the subject line of how he does not want his daughter to marry just any (laughs) N-word. Yeah. Uh, But... Some some of my, some of my best some of my best friends are black, but you can't date my daughter. <laughs> That's what it was. Yes. That's exactly yes. what it was. Unless unless mm-hmm. you're eight foot making millions of dollars and in the NBA, then it's okay. That's what he said. That's what he said. And when you look at hear that, 
And you think, wow. Now, Terry has had some issues in the past where people have, have said that he's, you know, slighted a lot of black people or a lot of black wrestlers because he, they, they were black. They were rumors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and came out and it's like, okay, well, uh, maybe he is a racist. Now, I'm going to tell you this. And I know, Jerry, you have your other points on this as well. Um mm-hmm. If you go to Twitter and stuff like that, Mark Henry, um, Big E, Virgil, I don't have to remember who is, ladies and gentlemen. They, there's a lot of black former wrestlers that are defending Hulk or Terry, saying that he's done more for them or he's been part of their life and this, that, and the third um, and all that. And I get it. Hulk Hogan m- might not be a racist. He, let's be honest, he is. Um, but that doesn't change the fact of what he said and what he did, because in all conversations in private, we say a lot of things to a lot of people about a lot of different people. Sometimes we do it live on air and that's where he got in trouble on a cast. He says these things where everybody can hear him. Everybody. And again, this only came out because he was getting, he sued, he sued the organization or or the media company that released the sex tape. And because it's a sex and it went to court, they had to subpoena the files and the files showed during the conversations, this was something that he said. That happened eight years ago, five, five five to eight years ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Jay. I mean, it, I'm it just saying. To, it, my, my whole point this is this type of talk, this type of talk needs to be taken out completely, not just from agreed, um, agreed. Everybody, because the fact is, um, it's a negative word which has negative connotations, regardless of uh, the hip hop generation who who really brought this thing out to light more with the type of um, um songs uh or the the the, uh, the raps they bring out with and constantly saying this type of uh, uh language and uh trying to nullify or dumb down the the really meaning of the word versus um uh um keeping this word eliminating yeah eliminating it altogether because it's not a negative thing, uh, and I know you know I'm black, I, and quite naturally, a lot of people know that I'm black. But and, and I hear uh, young guys saying uh, that N word in a positive um, to one 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 guy to another, and it's not, and, and it, it is it is it is just um, mind boggling that it's thrown around so much whether it's negative or positive toward a person that person that's not a person, that a person has been desensitized. Thank you. I was, I was looking for that word when it really hasn't been because as soon as a person that is not of African-American heritage says it to an African-American, the uh, uh, lights of fire under them uh, because now they get insulted. When in fact is if you hadn't been desensitizing that name or saying around people that 
think it's all right to say it to whoever, the situation would have never arisen. So um, I've, I've stricken that thing from my vocabulary way long ago. In fact, it very rarely do you ever hear, if, if any time you hear uh, me say something like that, um, because I, I'm 61 years old. I know what that word means way back, way back, regardless if you put an ER on the end of it or an A on the end of it, it doesn't make a difference. It's a negative word and it shouldn't be said by anybody, black, white, Hispanic, Latino, whatever you want to call it, Asian, it's a negative connotation to a person of an African-American race, period. And Terry, Terry Bolia, Hulk Hogan is, is in your So I understand that situation as well. Um, again, I love Hulk Hogan, regardless. The character stood for and what he is and all that. Issue with Hulk Hogan. What I do have an issue with is, you know, how he read his um into the, in a different way. And if you listen to the to the to the or the audio of it, and we, we're about to go into overtime long. Uh if you cut off on us, archives will go to spot on radios this out later on in the day. But anyway, if you listen to the audio of it, um it begins off like, okay, well, you know, uh, he's a brother. You know, even talks about how he started using the term brother. He was so stoned and drunk. He can remember nobody's name. So he started using the term brother. You know, uh, uh, he's always around, you know, black people and, and the, the N-word slang around and, and da-da-da-da-da. And he started using it and da-da-da-da-da, yada-yada-yada. And I don't think he had any real negative intent on it. But the mood and the tone came when the question was brought up about his daughter. That's the problem I have. Seriously, that's the problem I have. You know, if if Terry Bolia, Hulk Hogan, felt so strongly like that, that's fine. Because we say it all the time. Growing up, I'm pretty sure Jerry, you know, especially during his age, said, you better not bring no blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl into my house. You know, stuff like that. I've heard that even growing up in my era. You know, I don't care what my daughter or my sons bring to me because if they fall in love, they da 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 da. Mindset of you better not bring this type of person into my household or into my family stretches way, way back. And it's something that is said all the time. It's just said in private. Hulk Hogan. Brother, you, you said it out loud and you let it go. And in this era of, and, and I love what Mike Knox said, AKA Mike Peterson, uh, said, you know, we're in an era of political incorrectness where you can say things and do things and it's acceptable. But as soon as you hurt somebody's feelings, it's, it's a race history. It's time to erase what you do. And I'm again, I'm not defending Hulk Hogan or what he said, but we all do this type of stuff or have done this type of stuff. It just so happens that he was uh, doing it on a podcast and he's a prominent figure. It stands for 
go to a song. I am a real American. You know, I fight for the rights of every man. And, you know, I really think he believes that and feels that. So I'm not going to throw him under the bus and say get rid of him. What I am going to say is, though, know who you are and where you are. Something he should have known. Regardless of what, you know, what other people might say. Now, on that topic, because we're going to go to your guy who had a platform, a nationally syndicated platform. We're going to talk about him for about a good five minutes, five, six minutes, because mm-hmm. that's about all the time we're going to have for him. Mm-hmm. Colin Cowherd, working for Disney. He wasn't working for ESPN. ESPN is owned by Disney. Working for Disney made some comments, um, and Jerry brought them to my attention. And Jerry, set it up real quick as, and let the folks know what happened with Colin Cowherd, the sports uh, entertainer, sports announcer, uh, talk show host. What happened with? Well, he he was on the air on Thursday. He had like you you said he had a, a show every uh, every day, and he, and this past Thursday syndicated. Yep. He syndicated show and he was talking about baseball and saying that baseball wasn't a complex sport and and that uh the third of the sport was um uh w- was the guy who played with guys from the Dominican Republic and um for for all intents and purposes said it that uh, their academic uh, um world uh, their academic abilities weren't weren't all that um and that uh, it didn't take much for them to play baseball and that they didn't have really um, um, the IQ. The intellect. Uh, mm. Yes. Um, basically, they, they said that they weren't too bright. They were good baseball players, but they weren't too bright. And now, go ahead, go ahead. You was finished. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that that uh, their, their education was uh, uh, very limited or whatever. And, and that the, uh, and they specifically said Dominicans. He, he didn't, he didn't say uh, baseball players. he said Dominican baseball players um, uh, weren't uh, too, too bright, plain and simple. I'll, I'll put it bluntly like that. He, and quite naturally he got called on the carpet for it and he was leaving anyway, but now they just uh, expedited his, uh, um, his uh, exit and he no longer works for uh, ESPN and no longer had that show. So uh, just in case you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, Colin Cowherd was in negotiations with Fox sports to um, move his shows over to Fox sports. Um, And as a known history of being a person that's somewhat rough and quote-unquote elitist, uh, his mindset and his thought process. Um, and that's his character. And ESPN knew what they were doing when they hired him uh, because he brought a different type of edge to their uh, broadcast team. Now, to make comments like this, you got to know where you are and who you are and the audience you have. If Colin Carhurt feels this way about Dominicans and playing a game of baseball, that's fine. 
Those are his thoughts. I disagree with them. But to expound on those thoughts on a nationally syndicated radio station or or, or, or syndicated uh, uh, program that's hosted by one of the world's largest companies, talking about Disney, on the self-proclaimed worldwide leader in sports, which is ESPN, and being flagship shows right behind Mike and Mike. It's 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 not good. Not good. People are gonna think and feel the way they want to. We can't control that. You can never control it. But it goes to show you, ladies and gentlemen, that there are people in this world in positions in this world that have those thoughts. And some of these people can make and break you. What I mean is you can have a job or not have a job. You can be looked at a certain way because of their thought process. I'm not going to lump Terry Bolia in the same boat as Colin Cowherd because Colin Cowherd, since I've heard when he took over Kornheiser, has been a lightning rod for controversy. His commentary and his beliefs, he wears it on his shoulder and he dares you to knock it off. He really does. And maybe Fox will hire him after a while. Maybe won't. We'll see what happens with that. But those type of, of thoughts are prevalent. They're just, instead of being hid more, they're out in the open. And that's why I don't have a problem with most people that feel that way. If I know you feel that way, at least I know what I'm dealing with. What sucks and what hurts is when you think somebody is a certain way and you learn they're totally opposite. That's the part that stings the world. And that's the part that stings about Hulk Hogan. I don't think he's racist, but his, his words have hurt so many people that believe in him and believed in the message that he was portraying as a wrestler. And an entertainer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a few minutes left before we go off the air. Um, all I want to say is when you listen to fantasy sports and politics, you get a wide variety of, of information. We go from the fun and fantastic to the sublime and politically laced uh, information. We can tell you go to spot on those and stream, listen to us streaming 24-7, 365. You can drop us emails. You can go in our chat room. You can do many, 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 many things to get in touch with us. But no one thing, when you listen to our programs, you will be entertained, you will be informed, and some may be motivated. JT, let the folks know tomorrow again what it is you're going to be uh, talking about. Real quick. 10 a.m. E- 10 a- 10 Eastern Standard Time. The master plan will be uh, on the air. I, I am master. I'm going to be talking about running backs for fantasy football. Um, uh, one to 25, and I got some gems. I think uh, I'm still looking at it, a few things, but I got some gems, I think, that are going to surprise people this year and not surprise me, but surprise people this year. So tune in. Master, <clears throat> excuse me, the master plan. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow morning. All right, all right, all right. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen,
Fantasy Sports and Politics. We'll be back next Saturday, which happens to be, if I'm not mistaken, help me out, JT, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And if that's the case, that means that following Sunday, football is officially back. We're going to talk about next week IDPs. Training camps. Yes, training camps are in session. Um, so we'll we'll have training camp information, the Hall of Fame, and then the week in sports. And I'm going to give you some IDPs uh, by position. Stick and save with me, your boy, FSP, along with JTH Money. This is Fantasy Sports and Politics. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We're out of here. Fantasy Sports and Politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We talking fantasy sports.